Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Athletics Baseball Podcast with your host, Taylor. Today is episode 20, and I'm going to be talking to you about the A's offseason grade. I'm going to be grading their offseason performance and talking about the offseason performance grades that the A's have got from some of the other journalistic institutions out there and why they might differ. First, I'd like to remind you all, uh, give me a follow or subscribe wherever you listen, tell your friends, tell your family, uh, check out our social media, Instagram at athletics underscore baseball underscore podcast, Twitter is athletics underscore pod, and our email is athleticsbaseballpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send suggestions, comments, questions uh, to any of those. And I have recently received some suggestions over email, and I will be doing my best to address those in future episodes. So thank you for that. Finally, do not forget... If you care about the A's in the way that I do, and you're not averse to just a little bit of effort, nothing crazy, but just typing up an email, then please help out. Send an email to the Oakland Mayor at officeofthemayor at oaklandca.gov, and just let her know politely that the A's are really important to you and all the other A's fans, and the identity of Oakland, and that it would be a big loss, or let them know what, let her know whatever you want, you know, but this, I'm just imagining what you might say, because this is how I feel, I guess, so let her know whatever you want, and hopefully just let her know that you'd like the A's to stay in Oakland, she'll get the point. She'll get the picture. Now, let's move on to how the A's did in the offseason, because the offseason is now basically coming to a close. There's still a few people floating out around there, nothing, nobody significant. They might end up on a team, they might end up on a minor league deal somewhere, they might just decide to retire. So it's pretty much, the offseason's pretty much over, and spring training is just about to pick up. Players are showing up to the training camps now, and getting some work in, and, you know, spring training is is sort of the end of the offseason, but not quite the season yet, but I think that we can safely discuss the final results of the season at this point, or of the off-season. And I have to say that, like usual, when it comes to the media, nothing but hate. Uh, Not outright hate, but just... uh, in, In this case, we got essentially a slightly lower grade than I think that we should have. So let's talk about those grades first. We've got the Athletic gave us a C plus. 
and they said that it was better than they thought it would be because all they thought that we would do would be to get rid of Sean Murphy and that would basically be it. So they they gave us a C plus because they were pleasantly surprised and they don't really say anything negative. So everything that we did was basically, it just seems like, not really considered much at all, even though they say that it was something. And then you have Bleacher Report, who did an off-season grade in December, which, first of all, makes absolutely no sense to me, because that is basically the very beginning of the off-season. And they gave us an F, because not really anything had happened at that point, except Murphy had already been traded, and then they criticized the Murphy trade, even though they liked all of the guys that we got back for the trade. So I think that that's silly just to even do a grade at that point, but then they did a revised uh, off-season grade uh, about a week ago, I think, and in that, they gave us a B-, minus, so a little bit more credit than The Athletic is giving us, but not all that much still. But they are saying, basically, that they they like that we got Rasinski and Fujinami, they like them as pitchers, and they really like Ruiz, saying that he could be a Rookie of the Year this year, so not too far off of the optimism that I personally have for Ruiz. I'm really excited for him. And then they are also, uh, they also seem to be pretty big fans of the A.J. Puck trade. I think that they, they seem to like Blade a lot, so that's good. And they give a, a quick mention, a little shout-out to Jace Peterson, Trevor May, Jesus Aguilar, and Manny Pena. And uh, kind of funny to me, they just don't mention in Aledmus Diaz right there. <laughs> I mean, that is that would at least be the segment to mention him. I put him on par with Peterson and Aguilar, but personally, I think that Trevor May should be looked at higher than, more more optimistically than uh, Peterson, Aguilar, Pena, and Diaz, even though I, I like the acquisitions of those guys, I do think that Trevor May is probably a slightly more impactful acquisition. And then, finally, they, they just give a brief little, you know, they at the end, they just say, well, their chances of avoiding a 100-loss season are reasonably strong. So, it seems like they think we're still going to be pretty close to that 100-loss season bar, like maybe we're just going to get 95 losses and and miss out on it just a little bit there. And that would be a 
seven win team. And I think that we're going to be a lot better than that. Now let's talk about my grade for the A's this offseason. But before I can tell you what grade the A's get, in my opinion, first I need to tell you how I'm doing my grading here. Because one of my biggest issues with the way that uh, outlets do all of these different forms of evaluations and gradings of of teams in the offseason or things like that, uh, evaluating a trade, stuff like that. You know, it's... they're, They're not telling you what their formula is, and not that there's actually has to be like a mathematical formula involved, but there should at least be some metric, even if the metrics themselves are a little bit subjective or a little bit vague, there has to, in my opinion, be some form of of a metric. Otherwise, you're just maybe saying how you feel, how, how a trade affects your feelings, or, or how a team's off-season makes you feel inside, you know, how, how it affects you, which is just very, very biased and personal, and everyone, if you, if you do it like that, everyone is going to have hugely different feelings about how something went. And that's pretty much how it seems like they do it. Whether they're talking about who won or lost a trade, or they're talking about what grade some team deserves in the offseason. And fans tend to also do this quite a bit. But let's, let's be a little bit objective, or try to be. And I'm going to say my personal evaluation here, my personal rating system, is very simple. An A is significantly better, or tried to be significantly better. A B is better, or tried to be better. A C is stayed about the same. A D is got worse and an F is got significantly worse. And there is some aspect of guessing, trying to estimate whether the team will be better or worse in in some cases, and it's still not all that precise, but at least I can tell you roughly what a B means and roughly what a D means, so... I think at least these outlets should be doing that. But I would say that the A's are at least a solid B with this offseason, maybe a B plus. So I'm going to make my official grade a B plus. And that is basically with just a the B plus is just the hint of optimism to look at this stuff. Not not looking through rose-tinted glasses or anything like that. I'm not going to let my optimism 
cloud my judgment here as far as whether we're getting better or worse. But I do know that we are definitely better. Are we significantly, will we be significantly better than last year? It depends on what you, what you would grade significantly as. Maybe doing 15 games better or 20 games better is significantly better. But then there's sort of a subjective twist on it as well, where it's if you're going from, let's say, 50 wins to 70 wins, there's 20 more games that you're going to win, and you did get significantly better, but then do you deserve an A for where you end up? And it, it gets a little bit difficult at that point, but I will say that we are going to be making such a big jump this year. I'm going to stay away from the A rating because it, it might be a significant jump, but the end result is not being significantly good. So B+, plus, staying away from the A, and I think that we will be better than most people think. I think that uh, like I've mentioned on other episodes, I think that some of the players that we got, the the projections, like the Zips projections and, and stuff that they do in the offseason to try and guess how good a player will be next year, I think that a lot of those projections are wrong on the underside for a lot of the A's players. I think that players will outperform their projections on the A's this year. And there's different reasons for that. Some of it is these players will likely tend to perform better than their recent past statistics based off of rule changes, like banning the shift will significantly impact some players more than others. And other things for other players could be having a stronger lineup around them than they did last year, whether they were on the A's or a different team, which gives them a little bit more protection in the lineup so they can have better quality at-bats with more of a chance to get a hit. So let's look into what we actually did this offseason and how that affects us. First of all, the biggest thing and the biggest reason that we deserve this B-plus grade is all of our free agent signings. Jace Peterson, Oledmus Diaz, Jesus Aguilar, Fuji, Drew Rosinski, and Trevor May. And I'm just talking straight up free agents on the market, and we paid, we gave them the best offer, paid, offered to pay them the most. They said, yes, I'd love to come play in Oakland for that amount of money. And we got those six guys. Now, six free agent signings in an offseason for actual free agent major leaguers is a huge number of free agents to sign. So that, and the fact, I mean, we're not talking minor leaguers here either. So six of them, that's excellent 
that every one of them is going to be an improvement in some way over what we had last year in equivalent spots and flexibilities with the lineup and things like that. And that was $31,750,000 of free agent signings. So not $1 million here and $2 million there. We're actually paying some of these guys pretty decent money, at least as far as the A's are concerned. And we may see some of them traded down the line, or we may see them stay on the team the full season, or some of them even have two-year contracts. We might see some of them next year as well. And I think that that will depend more upon how our younger guys are actually performing, because a lot of these guys, in my opinion, are meant to be sort of veteran stopgap players to fill the role and help raise up some of the young guys while the young guys are getting their feet wet and getting used to the big leagues. And so if our younger guys are not ready to fill in that role entirely, then maybe we don't trade them so that we don't have to put our young guys in that position too early. And if some of our younger guys who are coming up are are looking really solid or even really hot and you know they're they're ready for the full-time spot then maybe it's the right thing to do to trade some of these guys away so that we can give our younger guys their everyday reps so that they're getting the experience that they need to continue to progress and I think that that is a balancing act that we will see with some of these guys and not others through the se- through this season. So those six free agents, huge, huge improvement and boost to this team compared to last team. Then we signed some of our ARB guys, arbitration players, players who were on the team last year. So this isn't necessarily an improvement, but it is, it's like signing your guy to an extension as opposed to, you know, we had the option of trading these guys off or cutting them or taking it to arbitration, which nobody likes. The, The team basically argues why the player deserves less money than the player wants, and then the player gets mad about that a lot of the time, you know, they don't like to hear, oh yeah, you know, his batting average might have been good, but he his strikeouts were way too high, and whatever else they're they're gonna try to criticize about the player. So it's best you want to try to avoid that arbitration if you can. And all obviously, like I said, the other option is they could be traded off. So three players that we signed in arbitration, or signed to avoid arbitration, are Tony Kemp, Ramon Laureano, and Paul Blackburn, paying them a total of 9175000 So Tony Kemp will be a free agent next year. Depending on how our team looks and how much money he 
wants. I could see us maybe trying to keep him around for a little while longer. This is basically just us picking our guys from last year that we had that are in those arbitration years or out of team control or, or whatever, and who do we want, who do we get rid of. So some of them we got rid of, some of them we kept, and these are three that we kept. And I really like keeping Tony Kemp. I think he's great. He's a lot of fun to watch as well. Paul Blackburn, I think, he had a great start to last season, and then he got injured. And I think that the idea with signing him and playing him is that you're hoping that he's the player he was in the first half before he got injured again, and then maybe he can be traded later, or maybe you just want to keep him for another couple of years. And probably since our pitching, starting pitching rotation is so packed, I would say if he's doing well, then maybe it's a great opportunity to trade him and give him a shot on a team that might be more in contention for the postseason and clear up a spot for one of our younger guys and also get something back for ideally the next two years, something that a player who will be ready to come up to the big leagues in the next one to three years, because maybe not this season, but pretty soon we're going to be hitting another competitive window. The A's don't rebuild for very long, so I think this year's part of the rebuild. Next year is going to be a good season, but we probably will be somewhere in the 80-win range, just looking into the future, right? And and we'll be sort of out of the wildcard hunt. But then the year after that, I think, is our first year of contending window. So 2025, so that when you're making any trades at this point, you're really looking for players who are going to be ready and in the big leagues at that point. Or now, anytime between now and then, so that we have them ready when we need them. And similar thing with Loriano, I think we didn't trade him because we we didn't trade him in this off season because we want him to have sort of a bounce back year, and that's what we're looking for. Similar with Paul Blackburn, that if we if he's doing well, we can trade him away and open up another slot for a young guy, and set ourselves up with another potential major leaguer for a couple years from now as well. And then we've got the one Rule 5 draft acquiree, who is Ryan Noda, who I'm also super high on him, first base and outfield, big bat with plenty of power, he can steal some bases, and I think that he is going to be a big upgrade over our over some of our roster options that we had last year. And 
that's basically what I'm looking at for each of these players that we're keeping, is are they essentially an upgrade over someone performance-wise that we would have had last season? And I think so far they all are, except for the three guys that we just re-signed. Tony Kemp, Ramon Laureano, Paul Blackburn, because they are the same player on the roster. They may perform differently. I think that Tony Kemp will probably be Tony Kemp. Laureano should have a bounce back, and Blackburn, we're looking for what he had when he was not injured, right? So that's you're not comparing these guys to other players, uh, those three. You're comparing them to themselves, basically. By the way, the signing the players in arbitration, Tony Kemp, Ramon Laureano, and Paul Blackburn, they are not really a big plus for our team's performance this offseason, right? Uh, as, as far as the offseason grade goes. You could have a big plus for the offseason grade with some signings of your own players, but that would be more like signing a solid player to a five-year extension or, or more and keeping them around for a while. That would be a big positive impact from re-signing your own players, right? So we didn't have that this offseason. We got some of our same guys back. Most of them are back on team control. So we didn't have to make a move to keep them, essentially. Now to the sad part of this grade, which is who we lost and how that impacts the team as well. So it's not a huge list. I'm I'm only counting players that were like with with all of this stuff. I'm only looking at players that played significant major league time last season, whether it was for the A's or another team. If they just got a little stretch of time, a little cup of coffee in the bigs on some other team or on the A's, then I'm not really counting that as a major leaguer yet necessarily, but those those are things that also impact the grade. Like minor league guys that we got do impact the grade for the offseason, but not as heavily as the guys that we get that are big league ready or that are already big leaguers. So Who'd we lose? We lost Sean Murphy, obviously, and that one is a big, big loss. The only the only saving grace is that it's not going to be that huge of a loss on our roster performance-wise. It is still going to be a big loss on the roster performance-wise, but not that big, not as big as it could be, because we do have Shea Langoliers, who had a solid season last year, and should be better this year, and we've still got, we've also picked up Manny Pena in that position, 
who shouldn't be hugely impactful performance-wise, but should have solid defense and be the experienced catcher that should continue to help Shea Langoliers improve and should be a good backstop. But we lost Sean Murphy, which was definitely a big loss. And then we lost A.J. Puck, who was a decent loss, a decent-sized loss. But it doesn't hurt as bad as it could hurt, and it hurts less than the Murphy trade, because we do actually have a lot of really solid relieving depth this season with all of the young guys that we've got coming up, some of them starting to show what they got, and then some of the bullpen pieces that we picked up through trades and free agent signings. So it definitely doesn't hurt as much as Murphy. And then we lost Cole Irvin, and that one hurts me, but it probably doesn't hurt the A's very much. I thought he was a great pitcher. I would have loved him to stay on the A's. However, we have a ton of starting pitcher depth, so losing a starting pitcher is not really going to affect our roster significantly. Zach Logue, we lost Zach Logue. He did not really perform great for us last season. We DFA'd him, and then he was picked up by another team. And that tells you that the A's were willing to risk him getting picked up by another team in order to make room for one of the guys that we were signing this offseason. Vimeo Machine, we lost Vimeo Machine. You probably remember him from the last, I don't know, three years. We've been giving him a lot of chances. We've been giving him a lot of tries, and I think that losing Vimeo Machine is not negatively impactful for the team at all at this point because I think that we've given him his shots, all of his different shots, and he has basically shown us who he is at this point. And it's he losing him is just not going to severely negatively impact this team. And the guys that we picked up in other ways are going to be a better replacement, a better fill-in for the positions that he would be playing than he would be. Chad Pinder, that one I know hurt a lot of A's fans uh, emotionally, but team-wise, it just wasn't that big a loss to the A's, uh, maybe leadership-wise, but performance-wise, just not that big a loss to the A's. He didn't even make a major league roster in the offseason. He got signed to a minor league deal. And I like Chad Pinder, and nothing against him, obviously nothing against any of these guys, but I think that moving forward without him is the better decision for the team. Same thing for Stephen Piscotty, who we also will not have going into this season. And performance-wise... The guys that we picked up one way or the other will probably be more impactful performance-wise for this team than Piscotti would have been if he was on the team for another year. And finally, we lost Stephen Vogt, 
who we lost him to retirement. What are you going to do about that? He did not put up great numbers last season anyways, but he was incredibly clutch and super fun to watch for his essentially farewell tour. And everybody, everybody loved his home run on his last major league at bat. His kids watching, you know, fairy tale ending right there for that guy. And I think that losing him, you know, like some of these other guys, is is a big loss in the locker room, but not so much of a loss on the field performance-wise. And essentially, Manny Pena will be filling in his role this coming season of the veteran catcher. So the question is, who will actually perform better statistics-wise, Manny Pena or... Stephen Vote for another season, but I mean he's he was retiring, so it's kind of out of the question anyway. But I think that Manny Pena is who we're who we would rather want in that situation, and that's basically our roster changes over the off season. And finally, we got to look at the guys that we picked up from trades and. You might think that there are more players that are going to be coming in new to this team that I'm not talking about, but the fact is most of those other players that you may be thinking about or or maybe you're going to see a game and you're going to be like, who the heck is this guy? Most of those guys were traded for last year or the year before, and some of them are our own guys coming up through our minor league system. So it's not exactly that they are new to the A's. They're they're new to the majors, maybe. And that's that's that, sort of. Everyone that I didn't mention and that I'm not about to mention right now basically is just a returning A's player in one form or the other. But who did we get from trades this offseason? Because we lost a couple guys that I mentioned in trades. Who did we get? We got J.J. Blade. all right, like I mentioned, I think Bleacher Report is pretty high on him. And he shows power. And he only had like half a season or a third of a season of appearances last year in the big leagues. So he, we've, we've got sort of a rotating script of outfielders. We've got him, Brent Rooker, and Astori Ruiz, who are basically new... A's outfielders that we got from various trades and things like that since last season. And Astori Ruiz, I think, is going to be a a big, big upgrade on the roster. He's going to be a big impact player, I think, on the A's. It sounds like J.J. Blade could be as well. And then Brent Rooker we're going to be giving him a look. So it it's always nice to have lots of depth when you're when you're looking for these outfield positions are a little bit interchangeable, more interchangeable than first base and shortstop, you know, and not not so much center field, but the corner outfield is a little bit. And when you're trying to figure out who's going to be your future guy, 
it's good to have more than one option. So all three of them seem pretty pretty decent here, at, at least, as potential upgrades for the A's lineup this coming season, right? And I think that they're all going to be a good improvement to the roster, so they're all positively impacting my grading here of the A's. And then we've got our pitchers that we got, right, from the Sean Murphy trade. And that is Kyle Muller, Freddie Tarnock. It'll be interesting to see whether Tarnock will get used as a starting pitcher or a relieving pitcher. But Kyle Muller is a, is a starting pitcher, and I think they have Tarnock listed as a reliever. So it'll just be interesting to see where they end up getting him set in. But I think that both of these guys show a lot of promise. Kyle Muller, you know, is big league ready. And he should he should be pretty good for us. He'll get lots of chances this season, I think, to show some of his stuff. And everyone at this point is sort of regarding Ken Waldachuk very highly, myself included. I, I think Ken Waldachuk is going to be huge for the A's in the future. He's I haven't mentioned him, of course, because we didn't get him in the offseason. But Kyle Muller, I think that people will be pretty happy with him in the future, too. So uh, basically two more positive players that we acquired in the offseason. When you add it all up, basically what I'm looking at here and giving my grade for is basically every position is going to be improved on compared to last season. Pretty much every single position. Even guys that are returning, I think, will do better than they did last year. And then we also acquired a lot of depth in every single position. We've got huge depth in outfield. We've got a lot of depth for guys who can play middle infield. We have depth on first base, third base, and maybe the only place we don't have massive depth is catcher. But we do have some young catchers who are graded fairly highly, graded graded fairly highly, who are coming up and could be close as well. Don't think we'll see them this season. But I think that when when we're looking at whether our team improved or not in the offseason, it's just got to be a resounding yes, we did improve. We got better. We got a lot better. And that's why... I think we got to be plus, you know, a little better than just getting better. Because you're talking more than 100 points uh, OPS in pretty much every position on as far as batting goes. And I don't know. I think uh, people have definitely been sleeping on, on this team, this lineup that we're going to be bringing into this next season. And just... Keep an eye out for uh, for some nice little win streaks, I think, and some hot performances from some of the younger guys. Well, that'll about do it for today's episode. I hope you have a great week. I will talk to you on Thursday. Thanks for listening.